each one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, and welcome to Step Right with Lynn. Joining us today is my good friend, Tanya McIntyre. Uh, Tanya McIntyre is a former broadcast journalist who spent 22 years being immersed in negative news with corporate agendas that were in conflict with her conscience. She made a bold decision to walk away from her prominent career to pursue a more positive lifestyle and vocation. Tanya and her husband lived in Malacca, Mallorca, Spain, for four years to experience a new culture and language and enjoy the warmer climate. And they returned to Ontario, Canada in 2011 to embark on yet another journey while living closer to family. Tanya is now a successful entrepreneur and never misses an opportunity to talk about her passion for positive media and her mission to have everyone take a media fast. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much, Lynn. Great to be here with you. We're very pleased to have you with us. So, we so alluded- my, my, my stick here, Lynn, is that um, I'm getting known now for asking people to take the diet that really works, a media fast. Don't watch, read, or listen to news and see how much your life improves. So I've right. made it rhyme because I tell people I want you to hear my voice in your head. When you're inclined <laughs> to watch, read, or listen to news, you're going to hear me saying, don't watch, read, or listen to news and see how much your life improves. Right, right. <laughs> I know it's it's a message that, that you share with, with people and you don't miss an opportunity to uh, to pass that along that uh, along that information, just tell us a little bit more about the media fast and and repeat your rhyme one more time so it rings in our head. <laughs> well, it's funny, Lynn. You know, being immersed in negative news for over twenty years, it really chipped away at my soul. And I'm embarrassed, actually, to say at this point that it took me that long to have um, an aha moment that Mm -hmm. that was not the direction I wanted the rest of my life to take. Right. And there's far more good people in the world doing good things. And mainstream media would have us believe the opposite. So Mm -hmm. I've made it my mission. Um, I founded The Good News Only in 2010. And it's my mission to spread as much good news as I can. So all the good news that I come across, I make sure that I convey that to all of my followers and friends. And as you said, every opportunity I get, I'm a law of attraction trainer now through Michael Lozier. He is our um, iconic Canadian law of attraction expert. He wrote the best-selling book, Law of Attraction, actually three years before the astounding commercial success of The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. So when Rhonda had her commercial success with The Secret, uh, Michael Lozier had already written the how-to book of Law of Attraction, which The Secret kind of glossed over. You know, The Secret spent a lot of time about uh, talking about manifesting money. It's one of the the most uh, Mm -hmm. critical statements I've heard about The Secret. Uh, Whereas Michael Lozier um, refers to abundance and how 
when we give our attention, energy, and focus to our desires, um, we can attract, we can manifest whatever we want mm-hmm. in our lives, far beyond money, um, because you know money is right. a tool. Right. So I'm, money, I'm money just Michael represents here. really the other things that we want, right? It's just exactly. Yeah, helps us to and, get and the, the agenda. Yeah, the mandate and agenda of mainstream media land is to uh, perpetuate fear and doubt among people so we continue to feed consumerism because we're told that we are, we are never good enough. We're never skinny enough. We're never beautiful enough. We're never mm. handsome enough. And unless we buy this product to make us feel better or look better, and then we're feeding into that whole capitalistic system. Right, right. Okay. Um, yes, and certainly, um, you know, the law of attraction and the things you've been talking about, um, this law of navigation that we're going to speak about today, um, you know, it, it relates to that too. Um, if any of our listeners have listened to any Step Right with Lynn uh, programs, they know that my core emphasis is on planning, and I want to see everyone planning for everything. Um, you know, you've, I'm talking, you know, mainly about financial things, but, you know, so planning for making a purchase, might need a plan to pay down debt for buying a house, for starting a business, for kids' education, um, for your charitable giving, to plan your estate, to plan your will, you know, to plan a legacy. Um, it's all financial planning, and it's all important. And mm-hmm. the... Um, you know, the common steps that are in um, the financial planning process um, are to set goals, uh, which is very, um, you know, relates very closely with with what you're saying as far as, you know, the law of attraction. We need to know what we want. Mm -hmm. Um, So gathering data... And it's something we're not encouraged. It's something that we're not encouraged to define as children. I mean, we're programmed from infancy to just, you know, follow the bouncing ball kind of thing. You know, you, you go to school, you yeah. get good grades, you get a good job. Uh, we're not taught goal setting or any kind of financial planning in school. That's and right. our parents don't really, uh, you know, we kind of learn from our parents as well. I wish I had learned from my father who always told me to pay myself first. He said, take 15% mm-hmm. of every cent you make and put it in a separate account and don't touch it. If I had listened to him, I'd be you'd have, laughing. You'd have mm-hmm. a lot of money, eh? Yeah. I'd have a huge amount of money now that I'm in my mm-hmm. 50s. But we don't yep. listen. Why don't we listen? Why don't we make those plans? Because we think we're going to live forever. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of parallels between the financial planning process um, and John Maxwell's Law of Navigation. So the financial planning process, it's to set goals, gather data, analyze data, create a plan, implement the plan, and monitor the plan. Um, John Maxwell teaches the love navigation, and he uses the following uh, acrostic, which if people don't know what that is, it's when, uh, you know, there's certain letters that spell a word, and we use each letter to represent uh, a word. So John Mm -hmm. Maxwell uses plan ahead. Um, and P is for predetermine a course of action, uh, lay out your goals, A for adjust your priorities, 
notify key personnel, allow time for acceptance, H is head into action, expect problems, always point to success, and daily review your plan. Mm. So as we alluded to, I really feel that very often we don't spend enough time on the first two steps, um, the first one being clarifying the goal. And mm-hmm. I believe that many people don't create that vision for where they want to go. Um, so, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that's important? Absolutely it's important. <laughs> and I spent many years volunteering in the grade school system in the southern Ontario region with a with okay. a it was a program called Teen Esteem. So a group of professionals would get together and we volunteer our lunch hours to go and spend that lunch hour with grade seven, eight female students and it was mm-hmm. a program called Teen Esteem. So over a seven week um course we would go back every week and we would talk about topics relevant to adolescent females, things like body image, peer pressure uh, setting goal setting, mm-hmm. so th- stuff that they they really it, it, it's missing in the curriculum in school and goal oh, setting sure. was something yeah something that adolescent females had never thought about nobody had ever sat down with them to say okay let's set a goal let's set a plan for you to meet your goal and how you're going to achieve it and no one had done it with them before wow. so there's yeah there's a great need for some kind of a template. You know, kids need mm-hmm. a template to follow. They need they, they need that guidance. But, of course, you yeah. know, then you've got someone like me, Lynn, who had a father who was very um, responsible financially and tried to pass that on to his kids. But as kids, we think we're invincible. You know, it's like, ah, yeah, right, mm-hmm. I'll do that next year. Right. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. o- I'm only 20 like what? Why does that matter? I'm just going to go to the bar instead, or I'm yeah. gonna, you know, take that take that fifteen hundred dollars and go to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, right. It's that it, it's what, that immediate gratification. Yeah, and I and I think it is it is something that we have to encourage young people to do because I think it's something that takes practice. I don't mm-hmm. think that I don't think that it's it's something that you know the the first time you set a goal, you really know how to do that. I know I always um, was reluctant to set goals because I didn't want to make a promise I couldn't keep. I guess that's a confidence thing too, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say I could do it if, you know, that I was going to do it if I wasn't sure I could. Um, so right. I think it's something that really takes some practice. Um, but I think, and I you think know, it's, when, really, it's more effective, Lynn, too, I think, when you set these plans up as a buddy system because accountability is a huge factor I think in success mm-hmm. because many of us don't have the discipline to follow a system even if we have a system in place how do you how do you make that system a habit benefit right. you and the best yeah. way to do that is through a buddy system I think have an accountability partner that you can check in with on a regular basis to say okay where are you on your goals and if you're falling short let's talk about why and how we can we can course correct Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I think is really important about really knowing what you want and what your vision is, um the vision or the goal um is that that thing can be the motivation to keep you on track too. Absolutely. You know, and if kids we forget- are not in- 
yeah, kids are not encouraged to dream. You know, we're told in school to stop daydreaming. So kids learn early in life to stop dreaming. And I think that, you know, we're we're killing that flicker inside Mm -hmm. of all kids when when they think they're invincible and can live forever and they're going to achieve great dreams and they want to be artists and musicians and tap into their real talent and love. And we pummel that out of them between peer pressure and family pressure and school curriculums. They lose the Right. Yeah. And then you get to a certain point in your life and, and you, you want to get that, that passion back, right? Mm-hmm. That's why Many the psychotherapy anyway. industry is booming. The psychotherapy, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so we all got to a point where we needed psychotherapy. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, that motivation is, um, you know, keeping that vision very clear um, can be the motivation to keep us on track and to do the things daily that we need to do, um, you know, to achieve the uh, to achieve the goal, and if we don't make it clear enough, if we don't get that vision to be clear enough at the beginning, um, then I think it is hard to to keep the motivation. Absolutely, I mean, like any habit, they say. That I think the 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 key phrase going out around now is that it takes 21 days to create a good habit. Mm-hmm. So it's always easier to develop a bad habit than a good habit. So it's going to take consistent effort over 21 days to create that good habit. So when you look at the big scheme of things, Lynn, it's not a whole lot to ask for someone to take 21 days to follow a system to follow Mm. certain steps. You know, if people have a template to follow with an accountability partner, I think that's key. And you put it in place for 21 days, and I think that's probably one of the better ways to develop the habit. Once it's a habit... You know, I'm in awe of people who develop that habit early in life, and Mm -hmm. now they can't they can't imagine not having a savings account or a retirement savings account or any kind of uh, educational investment account. So there are people who who program themselves early on in life, and it's just a matter of programming and developing that habit. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mm -hmm. I love material like John Maxwell's that it gives you that template to follow. And people like Mike, Michael Lozier, he's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a very simple, simple template. You've got uh, strategies, tools, techniques, uh, worksheets. Everything is given to you. All you have to do is follow it. Right, right. Okay, it's time for us to go for a break. Uh, we'll We'll go to commercial and we'll be right back after that. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. 
To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Step Right with Lynn. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. With me today is Tanya McIntyre. And we're talking about the law of navigation, specifically as it applies to your financial plan. Um, the law of navigation is law number four of John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. The same principles can be applied to your life plan or your business goals. Um, as a John Maxwell certified speaker, I'd be happy to discuss these with you or to present them to a group. Um, I think that sometimes it's overwhelming to think about all of the things that you might want to create financially. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not suggesting you do it all at once. It is a matter of setting priorities. Um, you know, planning to tackle a couple of things on the list with a plan to move on um, to the next one when the time is right. Um, you need to create an overall comprehensive plan that leads to your vision, um, where you want to be, but with some steps. Um, Tanya, do you think that having some priorities are important to support the bigger vision? Absolutely. I mean, kids now are, I mean, the whole university educational system has become an industry into itself. I mean, a lot of countries in Europe uh, a university education is free so long as you pass the entry exam. So, you know, education mm -hmm. is not uh, costing thousands and thousands of dollars. How many kids are we seeing coming out of university saddled with twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars worth of debt? And that in itself can be overwhelming to try. You know, and, and then you've got kids with two, three degrees working for minimum wage, where do you even begin to try to dig yourself out of that hole? Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. now, finally, uh, here in Ontario at least, the government is starting to address the fact that we don't have enough tradespeople in Ontario. Mm -hmm. yep, um, true. You know, any province, any country that stops uh, manufacturing, stops actually making things is in trouble. And the Ontario yeah. government has finally woken up to that fact to say, wait a minute, we don't have enough skilled tradespeople in Ontario to pick up the slack. Uh, more than half of North America's population right now is over 50. That is staggering that we don't have the population, the educated population to step in to those roles that are going to be open in trades, mm -hmm. something that is you know, that's the bread and butter of of our economy. Mm -hmm. Tanya, when we talk about um, setting priorities, what ideas do you have um, for helping people think about what their priorities are? Well, I think kids need to be encouraged to continue dreaming. I mean, we've got kids going into university. I know even when I was going into university, I had my grade 12 science teacher 
address the class. Mind you, I'm, I'm giving away my age here, so that would have been 1979, mm-hmm. which is not all that long ago. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, here we go. But he, the biology teacher, the science teacher actually addressed the class and said, so I guess all you girls who haven't found yourselves a husband yet will be going on to university. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah, so a teacher would wow. never get away with saying anything like that today. But uh, mm. unfortunately, Lynn, what he said was true. All of my friends who were going on to university didn't didn't have a vision to what they wanted to do. They were all going for the partying and the drinking and to find a husband. <laughs> wow. So I think it's it's pretty it's it's pretty evident I think that um we need to to hit kids earlier. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's not in the curriculum to be setting goals. So it's got to be outside of the school system and it's got to probably come from the parents to to give the kids these resources to start setting goals and thinking about the future. Are you even university material? I wasn't. I hated high school. Mm. I didn't do well in high school. I should never have gone to university. Hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going into debt to, to what? Pursue a Bachelor of Arts degree that was really just a continuation of high school that didn't really qualify me to do anything anyway. Mm. And yep. now, we've, now we've got people out there with PhDs who can't find employment. But again, mm-hmm. saddled with thousands and thousands of dollars of university debt. Right. So priorities need to be defined early in life. And the thing I love about people like John Maxwell and uh, you know uh, Michael Lozier, anybody who is in the self-help industry, the whole idea is to wake people up to motivate you to start thinking about what do you want, not what your parents want you to do, not what your friends are going to do. Like my father always used to say, well, if your friend was going to jump off the bridge, would you follow? Because that's what we do when we're kids from peer pressure, right? We We want to fit in. We want to do what my friends are doing. My friends are going to go take a Bachelor of Arts degree. That's what I'll do. Why? Mm-hmm. We're not asking the question, well, why? What are you going to do then? That's right. What's going to happen at the end of that four years? So we need to start mm-hmm. stimulating, I think, the thinking earlier to say, let's tap into your skills. What are you good at? And that's where the, mm-hmm. the school curriculum misses it. If you don't fall into that template, you're lost. You fall in between mm-hmm. the, track, the cracks. <clears throat> and that's where yeah. I was. I was not academically inclined. And there's not a lot in curriculum now to address people who are not academically inclined. It's it's getting better, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, um, I think there is some some focus um, on some more practical skills, but there's a lot of practical skills that um, that should be taught while we we have while we can influence, uh, for sure. Um, Absolutely, the smartest smartest thing I did in high school, Lynn was take a typing course. That yeah. has, yes, that has been yeah. one of the best skills throughout my life. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I'm very I'm very glad that I'm comfortable with the keyboard too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, use it every day. Yeah, it's something that I use every day. So, um, yeah, so that was a practical skill that uh, that we were taught at that time for sure. 
And it's not well, I think just, kids are, you know, are, 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 yeah, they are being directed, I think, now. Um, the educational system is streamlining education a little bit better than they did back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're mm-hmm. finally starting to say, okay, let's let's start recognizing what the talents are of these children because we're not all university material. That's something we have to accept. But yeah. parents, for some reason, because of mainstream media messages, that is the norm. That's what we should do. We should all attain higher education. We all seem to be pushed in that direction, and that's not the direction for everybody. So that's what we right. need. Right. talk about and its whole idea about about setting goals and priorities it, it's not just for young people i mean it's not too late to learn these skills for any of us too um absolutely you know there's um it's i think it's very important to know what um what you want in life and this process can be applied to so many different um different situations so the law of navigation requires a vision of the future and a plan to get us there, and it's all about knowing where we're going and anticipating some of the obstacles that might get in our way as well, and even having a plan to tackle uh, the obstacles as well. I've got um, a, a story that clearly illustrates the value of, of careful planning, and it's uh, it's a story it's a true story from history, and it, uh, it took place in the year 1911. Uh, two explorers both had their hopes set on being the first in history to travel to the South Pole. Um, so over 100 years ago, exploring took a lot of courage. It was a time of navigating by looking at the stars, um, and they were both contemplating uncharted discoveries in a very brutal and unforgiving part of the world. Um, the goal of both men was the same, um, so they did know they did know what they wanted. Um, their approach was to, was very different, though. The first explorer was a Norwegian uh, named Amundsen, and the second was um, Robert F. Scott, a British naval officer. So both of them were experienced. Um, first, Amundsen. Uh, he planned every detail of the trip. He studied the Eskimos to learn about the best way to transport necessary equipment. He chose expert skiers and dog handlers for the team. He planned how he would feed the dogs along the way. Uh, The dogs did most of the work, um, and they traveled 15 to 20 miles in a six-hour period every day so that the dogs and the men both had a lot of time to rest at the end of the day, and then they were ready to face the next day. Um, he anticipated the very harsh conditions. Uh, he carefully had supply depots set up along the route with ample supplies of food and fuel. He studied the gear his people would need and had the very best equipment possible. They traveled by night to avoid night blindness. The British explorer, Robert Scott, decided to use motorized sleds and ponies to carry the equipment. The motorized equipment failed five days into the trip. The pony's little hooves sunk into the snow um, in any place except where the snow was very well packed. Food for the ponies had to be brought from the ship and carried with them. The ponies required far more food than they had planned um, because they were working so hard and, and in the cold. The ponies didn't fare very well in the harsh conditions, and they all had to be killed um, shortly into the trip. 
that left the humans having to transport all the heavy uh, sleds by hand. At the last minute, Scott had decided to take a fifth man with him. The supply depots that he arranged were inadequately stocked and much too far apart, um, and they had difficulty finding them. The lack of food and the hard, grueling work took its toll on the men. The clothing the team wore were insufficient for the harsh climates, and they developed frostbite. Um, They also suffered snow blindness because the goggles supplied were not the correct ones for the conditions. They suffered dehydration because they ran out of fuel to melt the snow. Um, It took Scott's team 10 weeks to cover 800 miles. The Amundsen expedition beat the Scott expedition by over a month. The plight of Scott's team became even more desperate on the way back. They were starving and suffering from scurvy. One member died, and another who had come along to take care of the ponies had frostbite so severely that he could hardly do anything, and he purposely walked out into the blizzard to die for fear he was holding the team back. Scott demanded that they bring back geographical, sorry, geological samples, um, which increased the weight that had to be carried. And so Scott and the two remaining team members died 150 miles from their base camp. We know their story only from their diaries. Um, So this was, you know, a a story of great planning and then, you know, the uh, huge contrast in the the lack of planning um, that the other team uh, took and, and the results were... Um, you know, the right results certainly were very different as well. Um, I think that uh, we'll we'll not go to break right now because I think that we should maybe um, talk about the contrast between these two before we do that. Um, Tanya, what contrast strikes you between these two seasoned explorers? What message do you see here? Well, obviously... The the attention to detail mm-hmm. was, you know, clearly the uh, the way to success. And unfortunately, that comes from experience sometimes and leadership. And uh, it's another thing that we're not fostering enough of is effective leadership mm-hmm. among For our sure. youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I, th- I think in you know almost any place you look today in institutions, we aren't seeing leadership. Um, good leaders are very far and few between, I think. Yes, and we're sending the wrong example, I think, to people as well when you have people uh, within leadership positions who don't do the job and still get rewarded. So, for instance, you know, the hmm. CEO of, of Target, um, yeah. as, as an example, um, the whole Target unfolding in Canada was a dismal failure, but the CEO was rewarded with multi-million dollar mm-hmm. uh, bonuses. Why? You know, that's that's the question we need to ask where... Well, why sure. is poor leadership being rewarded? And yeah. that's that's a systemic problem in corporate America. 
Yeah, and it's it's something that's negotiated at the beginning, but but you're right. There should be um there should be some requirements for collecting those big um those big payoffs and and the the tragic thing is um there's a lot of junior employees whose lives were turned upside down by not having employment now as well. Mhm. And not only them but suppliers and um you know, people that are getting cents on the dollar for the product that was in the stores. So it's, you know, it's not even just the employees of Target, for instance, that are being affected, but also the... Um, the domino effect, yes. We'll feel yeah, that for yeah. a long time to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so what did we learn from, from, from Target, for instance, that... Uh, it was lacking a plan, lacking effective leadership. Yeah, not enough uh, research integrity. done into their yeah all yeah. integrity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think re- lacking doing enough research into the into the market to know whether there was a place for Target um, as well. Um, and I don't know if the you know if the quality of the products was a part of their. Um, and you know Canadians are are different types of consumers than Americans. Uh, unfortunately, Canada has become a subsidiary of America in many ways, mm-hmm. but we're different. Mm-hmm. We're we're totally different beings. We are set up as different types of consumers, and I don't mm-hmm. think American companies appreciate that. Right. Right, whether they understand those differences when they uh, when they cross into the border, I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. things didn't go the way obviously didn't go the way Target expected them for sure. So well, there I think was, Tim Horton found that same uh, challenge going into America. Right, they were mm-hmm. eventually purchased by Wendy's, I believe, to make that transition a little more viable. So mm-hmm. you know it's all an it's all an experience, and unfortunately, um you know how does that saying go? Lady life is a tough teacher because um the lesson in life comes after all of uh, the bad experiences right hmm. so um. Sort of leading into that, John Maxwell's teaching tells us to expect problems. Do you think that's a negative approach? Well, I mean, all any of us have is today. I mean, any of us who have faced circumstances of life, losing a job, mm-hmm. uh, having a death in the family, having to care for an elder person, any anything can happen. Right. Good or bad. So, you know, we were always advised, my father always advised to at least have one month salary uh, kept in reserve in case mm-hmm. right. you're laid off or you have an illness or you, you just need that cushion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, even having and- enough foresight to do that is something that we lack. Oh, as for sure. A society, I think. Yeah, yeah, we we um in in that instance we rely very much on our uh, on our credit to carry us through those times. 
Um, oh, don't get me going on credit, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is that 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 so many people have their credit so full that that they can't even cover that month's salary that you're talking about with their uh, with their credit because it's all full. They've used it. It's all, you know. Right. So I I yeah. dealt with and I would I've been through being a 20 year old who was <laughs> given a Visa card. Yeah. With a thousand dollar limit, you know. Way back when that was. Mm-hmm. You just don't think of the consequences of running up that card to its limit. You don't know where the money went. You're looking at yep. a thousand dollar bill uh, suddenly. That even if you make the minimum payment, it's going to take you twenty plus years to pay that off with yes. a nineteen and a half percent interest rate. Um, I most recently had uh, an unpleasant experience of being a finance manager with, within the automotive industry. And what's happening now, Lynn, is something that I think we need to really shine a light on because we've got legalized loan sharking going on with places like Money Mart and Cash Mart and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes. You know, the, yes. the, the $100, $100 payday loan, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> and... We've got people going into so much debt that it's they're just walking away from it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they are faced with being without a car to work and facing interest rates of 25 30 35% finance vehicles that they yeah. clearly can't afford, and they end up paying yeah. a $10,000 vehicle by the end of it, you know, up to $30,000, yeah. $40,000 by the end of the term. That's yeah, what you're needs right. to there- be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is some evil going on there, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it it is an evil. Um and it it's it legalized loan sharking that are yeah. yeah. Well and it and it preys on people when they're down, right? It's just it's just an Definitely. evil thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and we are all and, I think what we don't we don't we don't talk about enough is that and we had this experience, my husband and I, when we left the country for four years, we were shocked to find out when we returned after four years of not having used credit in this country mm-hmm. that we were starting from scratch. It didn't matter that we had oh. a 20-year history, a clear credit history with banks and mortgage companies. It didn't matter. Our history meant absolutely nothing. When we came right. back, we were starting with zero credit. So it's, you know, having to get a secured credit card and starting all over again. And I dealt with 20-year-olds coming out of bankruptcies Mm -hmm. because they're getting credit cards too early without being told Mm -hmm. the consequences. So that was another part of this TSDM program, the material that we would teach to people that one of the exercises was, okay, let's take this credit card statement, you've got $1,000 on this piece of plastic. Yippee. So mm-hmm. we're going to go to restaurants and bars and the shopping centers. And before <laughs> we know it, we've got this $1,000 bill. And right. when you make that minimum and nothing payment, to show for it. Mm-hmm. Not absolutely nothing to show for it. Maybe a nice pair of shoes that that hurt your feet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I spoke to some... Uh, some high school classes this week as well and that's that's one of the things we talked about was they'll go away to school and they may be uh, offered a a credit card and how it could be a good thing if they use it wisely and create a good credit history and how it can be a bad thing that can stick with them um, 
you know, giving them a bad credit history. And, and uh, they and ask people learn differently. About, yeah. yeah, so we've got yeah. visual learners and audio type learners and kinesthetic learners, you know, the feel, touch, touchy-feely type, and then digital learners. So we've got mm-hmm. four main types of learners, and I think the educational system is finally starting to grasp that, that we all don't fall into the, the square peg round hole yeah, but, thing, right? So, so, what, so what you're saying is for some of them it doesn't matter what I say, they're going to have to learn by going through the process, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I think for, yeah. for a lot of people to, to show them uh, visually what that credit card statement is going to look like, how that interest is calculated, um, mm-hmm. and if you show mm-hmm. a graph of how that interest accrues over time to the digital people, they'll you know they'll get it. So yeah, I think I think it's um, it's trying to address the material for all the learning styles to make sure they get the message as well. Yeah. So we yeah. want we want to make yeah. that visual for the visual people, and we want to show the graphs for the digitals and really making sure they understand how this interest is calculated and what it means by making just a minimum payment, which is what most 20-year-olds end up doing. They run Mm -hmm. up the $1,000 bill, and I'll just make the minimum payment, and then if I get an extra couple of hundred bucks, I'll throw that on there, and then I'll spend that the next month, and then it's back up to 1000 What does that mean? What does that look like? And how Mm -hmm. many years? it's going to to actually pay that off and what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know as you know as far as expecting problems too um you know you you mentioned as well that we can expect some setbacks. Um and I think that you know if we've already contemplated those things and we know what our first step would be at that time, I think that it can remove some of the stress. Um, involved in the setback and I also think that when we get thrown off our plan um, if we've had a plan we at least know where we need to return to where what we have to get back to just the Mm -hmm. fact of having a plan um, allows us to know what we need to do to get back on our plan yes the plan a plan b scenario (laughs) yeah and how many letters in the alphabet is there, right? You just keep uh, plan A, plan B, move on to C, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and John Maxwell also says that balancing optimism and realism, intuition and planning, faith and fact can be difficult, um, but that's what it—that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, that optimism and the realism, I think that has, you know, that it also goes to expecting problems. Um, and that's the way he he puts it in the acrostic is to expect problems. I mean, we're not looking for problems, but we do need to know, um, you know, what we're going to do when we hit those setbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, somebody famous once said, Plan for the best. How does that go? Plan for the best. No, expect the best. Plan for the worst. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ha- having a plan, I think, is um, 
is important to relieving some of the the stress at least at least we've not um we maybe are not taken totally by surprise that um that these things can happen um let's take this opportunity to um to go for a, a break and uh we'll hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back after this message Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to our show today called The Law of Navigation. Um, this is the law of navigation as it applies to your financial plan, but it also um, applies also to other goals uh, in life as well. Tanya, why do you think that John Maxwell says that it's important to point to successes? Well, because our, I think I'm a big believer in the power of the universe. Uh, so stuff to stuff that was discussed in The Secret and uh, movies like What the Bleep Do We Know, dealing with quantum physics. We live in a vibrational um, energy all the time. Everything is energy. Energy is everything. So I think mm -hmm. directing our intention is really important. And when we have clarity on our desires, it gives a clear message to the universe and it brings us more of what we're vibrating. I'm a firm believer in this, and that's why I love Michael Lozier's um, simple technique, uh, what he calls a clarity contrast exercise. Because I don't know about you, Lynn, but when I was growing up, nobody ever really asked me, what do you want? No, I was never really no. asked to sit down and say, well, what do you want? How do you... How do you foresee your life unfolding? It was something I was never really encouraged to do until later in mm -hmm. life, unfortunately. So I think if we're encouraged to really ask ourselves, what do you want? So we're really yes. good at defining what we don't want. So mm -hmm. that's where the, the contrast worksheet comes in handy. So you just take a piece of paper, draw a line, right down the center, and on one side, you're going to put the contrast, all the things you don't like about your life, and then on the other side of that page, on the other side of that line, you're going to write a clarity list, things that you like. So, for instance, around money, if you're saying things, well, I never have enough money, 
I always have bills to pay. I'm just making ends meet. I can't afford anything I want. Money flow is sporadic. I never make enough. Uh, you know, all of the just all just of that hearing you talk, chatter. it makes you feel a certain way, doesn't it? <laughs> totally, it brings your whole vibration down. But we yeah. are programmed that way, uh, largely by mainstream media and the company we keep. So mm-hmm. what I encourage people to do, okay, so do that contrast list. Consider it like, you know, you're looking at a menu in a restaurant and you're looking at everything they have and it's pretty easy to define what you don't want. Oh, no, I don't want that. I don't like anchovies, don't want that. So what do you want? <laughs> that, that's that's true. your reset sentence, right, to get that clarity mm-hmm. list. So if one of your contrast thoughts is that I never have enough money, so on your clarity side, so what do you want? You want an abundance of money. Mm-hmm. And on your contrast side, if it's if you always have bills to pay, well, so what do you want? You want bills to be paid easily and quickly. So when you create that clarity list, Lynn, it gives you your desire statement. It gives you okay. the plan, that template, you know, that all-important intention plan of what you want. And that I think that is what starts that spark and motivates you to give your attention, energy, and focus to that clarity list to mm-hmm. manifest your desires. The power right. of the universe is unlimited, and you know, tapping into that power is something that we're not encouraged to do enough in life. Mm-hmm. So yes, law of attraction, part of attraction is action. <laughs> so yes, we do mm-hmm. have to take oh, action sure. steps. But there's a lot said for setting that intention and giving it attention, energy, and focus. Right, right. And so doing the, the last steps as well. Yes, so the the plan and, and moving ahead. So the last letter in the plan ahead is the D. And the D is for daily review of the plan. Why do you think that's important? A daily review is important because all we ever have is today. And setting the intentions for the next day, so at the end of every day, I always sit down and set set my intentions for the following day and what action steps I have to take to mm-hmm. set my set my plan in motion you know what to, what do I want to accomplish and that's done on a daily yep. basis for me because all I ever have is today we are reminded daily how instantly our life can change mhm. You know, to me, it, it brings bus, us smushed by yep. a car, come pulling out of an intersection. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah, things can, can change so, in an instant, can't they? Mm-hmm. To me, the to me the daily review also brings me right back to laying out the goals, right? The, the vision to mm-hmm. remember what that is, that thing that we want, what it is, that thing that's keeping us focused and motivated to keep us moving forward towards the goal. Um, that you know that daily review to me just brings me full circle right back to uh, right back to the vision. Yeah, keeping that spark ignited and fueled for sure. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. Well, that was. Uh, I had some other points. We wanted to. Uh, I wanted to look at you know a few a few examples, sort of um, you know what this process would look like on. Uh, 
um, you know, plans for different things. I was thinking, you know, buying a car because I know you've got some uh, <laughs> expertise <laughs> in uh, in helping people make those kinds of decisions. And uh, but that we'll have to do that for another day because we're we're running out of time. <laughs> well, it's I think amazing. you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm always a big fan of leasing. I don't believe we should own anything that depreciates. Okay. And, of course, automobiles are renowned for depreciating. I don't know many people who have any equity oh. in their cars. Do you? No. No. So not, I'm, a, bi- a, I'm a big fan of leasing. If uh, if you can find a 0% lease, grab it, and uh, opt for the extra, uh, you can pay extra up front for the extra mileage. For some people commuting, mm-hmm. you know, a long distance, an hour or more, it's not going to be feasible to take a 24,000-kilometer-a-year lease. Uh, for me, fortunately, it works. So look at those options. Um, interest rate is everything. For right. Sure. We'll okay. make a purchase. And never, my advice is always, never own anything that depreciates. Hmm. Well, thank you for uh, for that advice <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being with us today. That was uh, great as always. Um, uh Covered a lot of uh, a lot of different subjects very quickly today. So thanks for being with us today, Tanya. My pleasure, Lynn. And remember, take the diet that really works. A media fast. <laughs> Don't watch, read, or listen to news, and see how much your life improves. You can download that media fast at my website, TanyaMcIntyre.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So Lynn. it. It's my opinion that we often don't spend enough time thinking about the first two steps in the financial planning process. That's um, recognizing personal goals and understanding the personal motivation and expectations and prioritizing those goals. So everyone is unique with different goals, different history, different preferences. Everyone's financial plan is as unique as they are, as unique as their choice, color or hobbies or ice cream flavors. So um, certainly, uh, please join us next week. And this is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you.